We've been talking on Wednesday nights about the voice of God. I love teaching on this. I love it. I absolutely love teaching on the voice of God, on hearing God, being able to hear God. And um, so much so that starting this Sunday, the title of my message on Sundays for the month of September is Hearing God. So tonight, I'm going to spend a little time. You say, well, what's the difference in the voice of God and hearing God? There's a lot. There's a lot. There's, there's not a lot of difference, but there's a lot that goes into the voice of God and then how you actually hear. And we're going we're gonna to just actually, in, in, in a simple form, we're going to, on Sundays through September, we're going to lay a really strong foundation, lay a strong foundation starting this Sunday on how you hear God. We've talked about the voice of God and the different voices that there are in the world. We've been talking about that for the last few weeks on Wednesday night. And, uh, and you know, there's... There's one voice that will lead you to liberty and freedom. There are many voices that want to control the way you think on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of times we think that those voices are thoughts, but they come from a voice. Um, Have you ever talked to yourself? You ever been mad at somebody and you you, you find yourself somewhere and then all of a sudden you're thinking... I wonder if people saw me talking to myself, you know? Like you're upset with somebody and you're rehearsing it. There's a voice speaking to you that I promise you it's not the still small voice because he's never mad at anything or anybody. There's a voice. And it controls the way we live our life. You either will be controlled by the voice of God or you will be led by the multiplicity of voices that are everywhere. We live in an information highway out there and there's voices coming from every direction. There are actually voices coming to you generationally uh, for however long that your line has been around. And actually, we're all brothers and sisters because we all originated from Adam and Eve. Yeah, that's right. They're all our great, great grandparents. Of some form or another. We all originated from there. Isn't that amazing to think about? We all originated from those two. Hmm? So, and we talked about in the last few weeks how that um, we've picked up some of their traits. And one of them was, who told you that you were naked? Who told you you couldn't do that? Who told you to be angry with this person? Who told you to live in unforgiveness and certain things in your heart? Who told you you could do that? We've picked up from their traits. We've, they're, they're, they're our, they are our lineage, but... The second Adam nullified that, and we don't have to stay that way. 
Amen? We don't have to stay listening to other voices. We can be confident that we can hear the voice and do what he says. So tonight, I just have two passages of Scripture. What? (laughs) Pastor Bird only with two passages of Scripture? Yep, that's it. Psalm 23 and 1 Kings 19. We're going to look at both of those tonight. And we'll start in Psalm 23. And we're going to kind of go from the voice of God to hearing God and just the beginnings of what we're going to, the foundation we're going to lay starting on Sunday. Um, Psalm 23, and we'll just... We'll just read the, all six verses here. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Say this after me. He leads me. me. Just get that in your thinking tonight. He leads me. How does God lead? How does He lead us? He leads us. In His leading, the rest of the passages of Scripture here relate to His leading. So he leads me beside still waters, the last part of verse 2. Then verse 3, he restores my soul. How and when does he restore my soul? When I allow him to lead me. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions get renewed. They begin to change. My thinking begins to be changed. Uh, I, I begin to pay less attention to certain voices and more attention to learn what it is to hear His voice. Um, Have you ever said or have you ever heard anybody said, well, God told me? Well, you know, if you're telling an individual, if if you're giving, you know, if you're giving your spouse some information, you've had a disagreement, and uh, you go to your spouse and you say, well, you know, God told me. Well, when you deal the God card in something, especially if you're in a disagreement, and you want to get to them, you deal them the God card, well, what are they going to say? Well, if God said, right? But in the church, we've been real flippant with that, yet, yet, All through the Bible, God spoke directly to people and He told them what to do and when they did it, it worked. And all through the month of of September, we're going to look at all the different times that God spoke to somebody, they did what God said and it worked. We're going to look at how many times God spoke to one person one time, and it changed a whole nation. So, 
when I was coming up in the ranks, I mean, I went from heathen to born again. And then when I got in the born again world, all my heathen friends, you know, I would make comments because I heard every, uh, the other Christians, you know, I was just emulating what I heard. Other Christians talk about hearing from God and I'd, I'd say something like, well, you know, I heard from God and they'd make fun of me. Well, what do you mean you heard from God? Well, the longer I started thinking about that through the years when people that didn't understand God kind of made fun of people that said they heard from God, I started thinking about it. Well, did I really hear from God? So we're going to talk about how we hear from God so that he can lead us. It says that he led and then he restored our he restores your soul, but notice then the next part of verse 3, he leads again. So back up to verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Who is this? This is the Lord, my shepherd my leader, the one who is here to lead me. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He leads me in to do what's right. He leads me how? By telling me what's right and teaching me how not to pay attention to voices that are trying to get me to believe that doing this thing is is not right. He's trying to get me liberated from following wrong voices. So he leads me. Everybody say, he leads me. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? That's not just a confession that you can make. It's a confession that you can make because he's leading you. Because you're hearing him. You're hearing his voice. He's leading you. I fear no evil even though I go through difficult times. Things that I go through. I will not be afraid because I'm choosing through the difficult times not to believe the voice that says, man, you're going down. Who hadn't had a difficult time in life? All through the Bible, all the verses of Scripture that we're going to read about hearing God, hearing His voice, and being led by Him. Every person that was ever led by Him. I mean, any. actually, all all the passages of Scripture that we're going to look at in the month of September, all of them were not just attacked. Most other people would have given up because of the attacks. Say, that's not me. I'll say for myself, I'm not a quitter. I will not quit. I will not be moved by difficult times. I will not be moved by anything that goes on. I will hear His voice, and I will succeed, and I will go over in any and everything I do. I will, I will, I will. Because though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for He's with me. His rod and staff, His word and His spirit, those rod and staff translates to word and spirit. His word and His spirit, they comfort me. I mean, a lot of people think that the way God gets our attention is to beat on us or hurt us or put ugly things on us. 
That's not the nature of God. There's no ugly in Him. He comforts us. But who does He comfort? Those that He leads. Who are those that He leads? Those that let Him. He'll lead anybody. He'll lead a donkey, a dog. He'll lead anybody. He'll lead anything. Anything that will allow Him. He'll lead. But He created humanity because He empowered us and made us like Him. And for us to function correctly, we've got to have all the ducks in a row. We've got to be born again. We've got to get to a place where we, we believe in the person of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we can connect with Him and understand that voice and walk in His ways so that He can lead us so that we don't misjudge Him or misrepresent Him or misunderstand Him. You ever seen really horrible things that have happened in the earth and that a lot of times insurance companies will label what happened as the act of God? Some tsunami went through and destroyed people's lives. I mean, you know, your heart goes out to people's lives like that that get destroyed. But that's not an act of my God. There's no tsunami wrath in him. He does all these things. But only to those that, he, that will allow him to lead them. His rod and staff, they comfort us. I really like this verse 5. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies and he anoints my head with oil and my cup runneth over. To those who are being led, he prepares a table. Those that are against me, God even prepares a table for them to dine with because God wants your enemies delivered people that are against you God's not against them he wants them delivered so they're not having the same kind of attitude and those who are led by God not only is that table set but your cup runs over his blessing and prosperity is and are on your life because you Allow him to lead you. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> one, one, one of these verses of Scripture where it says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Um, I'm going to say it like this. You have to be delivered of fear. If you're taking notes, write this down. You have to be delivered and set free of fear in your life. To be able to hear and do what he said.
You, you, you won't hear him when you're in fear. And the funny thing about fear is this. Fear lays dormant in your life until an opportune time. Because, see, fear is the reciprocal of faith. Faith is the substance of the thing hoped for, the evidence of the things that you don't see yet. Fear is exactly... It, it, it operates in the exact same principles, but the opposite. Faith is the substance of the thing that you hope for. Fear is the substance of the thing that you're afraid of, that you're expecting not to come to pass. It's the down payment. It's there, and it, and it crops its head up. It's like when we operate in fear, and we don't get rid of fear in our life, and we tolerate it and pet it, then you live a life, listen to me when I say this, and, and you, you, you'll, you'll take this home and, and spend some time thinking about it. But when you don't get rid of fear, when you don't address fear and admit that fear is there, then your life is one situation after another. If it's not one thing, it's something else. Man, I got over that thing, and then all of a sudden there was this. And then I got past that thing, and then there was this thing. And then I got past this thing and then there was another thing. Why? Because fear is the root, either directly or indirectly, related to anything bad that happens. It's, it is the root. And it controls people's lives. And though we live in the world and though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, though we face difficult times and situations... The man or woman of God that is not in fear, okay, will walk free of circumstances and declare, I will fear no evil because, why? He's with me, but he's leading me. I mean, I can't lose for winning if God is leading. But if God is leading me what to do and I'm doing something with it, and Dale isn't, and the same God and the same opportunity is there for him to follow, but he's not following, the fact that God is leading me is not going to take care of everything in his life. You and I have to do it ourselves, or vice versa. You and I have to do it ourselves. We have to hear God. Many people don't think. I mean, I have to say, I don't know if it's changed or not, I used to say really high percentage years ago, just about, I'm just talking about people that I was connected with, but I'm talking about Christian people. So many Christian people don't believe they can hear God and actually may not admit it, but actually believe the statement that I've heard all my born again life, that people have an attitude that you just never know what God is going to do. You never have any confidence in what God is going to do or how circumstances or situations can actually change. Yeah. And I'm declaring tonight, and this whole next month, that 
We are going after the lies of the enemy, telling people that they cannot hear the voice of God. Amen. I mean, I mean it. I, I, I mean, there is an assignment I feel like God has given me about this. It, it's, it is serious because I don't care how much of the Bible that a person thinks they know. If you don't develop an ability to hear with your internal ears the parts of the word that you need at given times, then it's just this big download or, or actually not even a download. It's just this large substance of information that, man, we don't know what to do with. And knowledge without revelation and understanding and the wisdom of God will, will create pride. If knowledge was all it was, I mean, anybody with several master's degrees would be spiritual giants. It's not knowledge. It's knowledge. Thank God for the knowledge we have. Not just biblical knowledge, all types of knowledge. You should resource yourself with, with certain things. Get information because you can grow. As your knowledge grows, it helps if, you're, if your spirit man is open to take greater information and do something with it. But if you're not developing your ability to hear, knowledge will just create a puffed upness to come in your life and cause pride to rule. It's just the way humanity is. I'm not talking about you personally. I'm talking about humanity. And it's the same for everybody. First Kings, chapter 19. <clears throat> I wasn't going to read too much of this, but I talked myself into it. First Kings 19, I'm going to start with verse 1. If you're, you're not familiar with these passages of Scripture, it would be good for you to read them. Go back and read the stories that are here. And in verse 1 it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now, Elijah just performed one of the most amazing feats ever in the history of the Bible. I mean, with boldness and confidence, with boldness, he went before the prophets of Baal, before the kings of the land and of these other lands, and saying that my God and your gods will have it out. And he, in so many words, said, and my God will win. And he did. And he destroyed 450 prophets of Baal, they were annihilated. And, and what actually happened there turned nations to the things of God. One man. One man's boldness and confidence. So he's just, he's just finished this heroic feat and defeated these prophets and here he is. And Ahab told Jezebel, all Ahab was the king, 
and Jezebel his wife, all that Elijah the prophet had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them, in other words, killing you, by tomorrow this time. I mean, I've heard, I've heard people make this comment, but every time I read this, I think, I think the same thing. Here's a man against all these other men, and one woman comes on the scene and puts fear on him like no other. Verse 3. And when he saw that he arose and ran, when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die, and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him, And said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake. Baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. So he ate another cake. Because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. That must have been some cake. Verse 9. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So the Lord spoke to him in that moment as an individual. He spoke to him and he asked him a question. Elijah, what are you doing here? Everybody say the Lord spoke to him. Okay, so if the Lord spoke to Elijah, can the Lord speak to you? I say yes. And all next month, all this coming month, we're going to talk about how the Lord speaks to us and how we're to learn to listen to what He says so that we can do exactly what He says. To me, it's the key for all of our lives. So He said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant torn down the altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Now he's into lying. One woman. I mean, they were, they were, I mean, they, they were lifting him up. I mean, they were hailing him as everything and all that he had done. And now, because of one voice, one voice, it's not really one woman, it's one voice. One voice. 
One voice. She didn't even come to him in person. One voice. Probably somebody wrote, she wrote it, gave it to someone else, they gave it to someone else, they took it to him, and he saw it or he read it or however it was delivered to him. One voice! And he wants to die. One voice. And he wants to die. I saw on social media the other day, I didn't know the man who was in California, and it's out there for everybody to see, so I'm not exposing something. Got a pastor to church in California, and uh, had evidently been struggling with depression, young guy in his mid-30s, wife and three little boys, and took his own life. And several people that I know know him. And, uh, and I thought to myself, what would cause a man to do something like that? One voice caused this man to do it, but for the angel of the Lord. I mean, Elijah is going to take his life because of a voice. I'm looking at this guy, good-looking guy, family and all those kind of things. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how good it appears to be in your life. What matters is what you're listening to. And if you listen to wrong voices, you think about it. I'm just saying to you, just think about this. This life is not all there is. There's, there's another place that if you believe in Jesus, you'll spend eternity in. And that is forever and never ending. This life isn't all there is. And what we listen to on a day-to-day -day basis determines how long and effective that we live here. I don't want to just, I don't want to just work at living a long life. I want to live long and strong. I want to be effective. I want to be defeating enemies and devils in, at, at every corner and every turn. I, I want to be on top and not underneath. I want to be blessed in every way to be a blessing. One voice. Just one voice. Can you imagine when everybody involved in that situation with the 450 prophets and all the challenges that went forth in that whole scenario and it came down just like Elijah said it would happen because he heard the voice of God? Can you think of all the voices that were praising him? All the voices talking about the man of God that he is and all these, how, how he is all this stuff. It doesn't matter about that. If you're going to pay attention to any kind of voice that's going to tell you anything any different.
And you know when those voices come? Those voices come many times when we're up. I mean, Elijah was the man of faith and power for the hour. And one voice. One lousy voice. Elijah? In other words, like your grandfather? Who told you? Who told you any of this mess that makes you want to die? I mean, not only did he drop his servant at one place, then he went a whole nother day into the wilderness, and what's he doing? The devil was making sure, because there was a devil in those days, he was making sure that it wasn't just one voice, that it was multiple voices confirming what a loser he was based on what Jezebel said to him. Making sure of it. I mean, you know, maybe he could have gotten a grip of himself had he stayed with his servant and, okay, let's deal with this thing. No, he dropped the servant off and went another day meditating on what a loser he was. One voice. One voice. That pastor, gosh, my heart just, wow. Wow, I don't even know the man. Wow. 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 What happened? Only one thing. Well, it could have been a this or a chemical thing. or I mean, it could have turned into that, but there's no way that it didn't originate from voices. I'm not against, you know, things can affect your physical body and you can get out of whack and things are going wherever with you physically depending on what you know male or female or whatever things can happen but they all start with voices so he said watch this Verse 11, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. I mean, surely the fire. I mean, the Bible says he's a consuming fire. Surely in the fire. God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire... A still small voice. 
So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And again he repeats, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because of this, that, and the other, and the prophets and all that he said. And they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Zephath, of Abel, whoever that is, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And the reason I read all of that about each of those is to summarize the story, Josh, uh, um, Elijah comes to himself. And he hears the voice of God and he goes and he anoints three people that changed the course of history. What did Jehu do? Took Jezebel out. He didn't just take her out. He rode in on his stallion. Hmm? Like the Lone Ranger. Two legs up in the air. Stomped down on her head. <laughs> I mean, trampled her down till she was nothing. Because she had to go. And that was God's will. And what did that do? That liberated the people. He came to himself. He heard the voice of God. He went and anointed the three people. And you watch and you see the stories of those three people. They changed the world that they lived in. Because those three people had hearts of gold. King Ahab married out of the correct lineage. He married out of that. He didn't do as he was supposed to do. He gets Jezebel as a wife, brings her in. She creates all kinds of havoc. Things are horrible in Israel during those times. And Elijah did some amazing things though he walked through the valley of the shadow of death he overcame heard the voice of God allowed God to lead him did what God said and all the tables turned and one of the things he did is he went and prayed and released released Elisha to have a double portion of the anointing and Elisha did double what Elijah did because he heard the voice of God God led him and he corrected and dealt with what those other voices were doing to deceive him and to get him to even come to the place of wanting to commit suicide. And but for the angel of God, 
That's what he would have done. People do it all the time, but for an intervention, somebody saving them. I mean, I'm just asking this question. Don't raise your hand. Don't say anything. Just look forward. But I'm just asking you this question. Have you ever thought about the fact that you didn't want to live? Have you ever had thoughts that you didn't want to live? I have. When I was a young guy before I was saved, I thought about dying. I thought about ways of taking my own life and how people would come to my funeral and feel bad for me. I'd think about that. I was about 13, 14 years old, and I had those thoughts. Those weren't my thoughts. Those weren't thoughts from God. Those were thoughts of the devil trying to take me out. I'll tell you what, he tried to take me out then. You say, I mean, would you follow through with that? People do it all the time. And I'm telling you the reason people do that is not because they're bad people, because they're listening to wrong voices. The Bible's clear of it, and all month long. I'll tell you what, you need to get people here to listen to what I'm going to teach. I've been spending some time on this, and God has been saying to me, my people have to hear so that they can do, so that they can be liberated. We talk, we've talked all summer long about being liberated and free, but the key to the whole thing, the key to it, is not how much knowledge we have. Knowledge is important, but it's not how much we have. It's what we do with what we have and how God is able to take what we have and turn it into what he wants it to be to us personally on a day-to-day basis so we don't give in to those voices. I'll tell you what, this walk with God, I don't care what kind of job you have, the walk with God in dealing with your soul is another full-time job. No matter whatever, what, what vocation you have, what, what you do in the natural, dealing with your soul is a full-time job. And if you take every other week vacations from it, I mean, I, listen, have I not said to you, you cannot trust yourself. You can't trust yourself. We were not created to be the God of our own lives. We were created to submit to the person of the Holy Spirit who is connected with the Father so we can know what Father wants out of us. We weren't created to be the God of our lives and our worlds. You can't trust yourself. Well, Pastor, so so you're leaving us with a thought or like a a dare that if we don't hear God that we could take our own lives? No, the Bible says that. No, I'm I'm telling you, you don't have to live in fear that something like that could happen to you. You don't have to be afraid of that if you're being led by God. We have to be convinced we're led by God. If you've ever had those thoughts, if you've ever had those thoughts, it's because it's a voice that's foreign to this voice, to his voice, it's foreign to his voice, and it's trying to convince you to go on a different path. And it'll keep trying. He's faithful. I mean, he is faithful. He's faithful. Than, he's more faithful than most Christians. We just got to outdo his faithfulness 
at hearing the voice of God. It's not a labor to hear the voice of God. You have to practice it. Have you ever, have you ever been in a place wherever you are, if like you, you've been in the, you're in the Word or you're, you're writing something or you're studying or something and you're trying to get things from the Word and, and man, all of a sudden you can feel the flow and boom, the phone rings. Huh? And we're taught to feel obligated to the phone. Oh, we have, to, we have to answer it. Right in the middle of God trying to get something that is supernatural over to you and you have to answer the phone? I mean, okay, if it's life and death or whatever, I mean, God knows. But we have to learn and develop and train ourselves. I'm not just talking about the phone. I'm just saying just in general, there has to be a flow with you. I mean, God will just take, God will take, God will do amazing things in a person that will give them five minutes. Five minutes. If you just give God five uninterrupted minutes, things can get, lights can get turned on on the inside of you that you want 10. And then you want 20. And then 30 is not enough. See, once it gets like that, then there's this ongoing relationship where he's not trying to, because he won't drag you. But many times we feel like we're being drugged by something to do the will of God. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. I mean, you know, there's times when you feel like that or you go through difficult stuff or whatever. But when you get revelation from his word because you're hearing him, when you get revelation from that word, it does something that no demon or devil of hell can talk you out of. So when the voices come and things are said or, or, or situations, you know, try to get bigger than they really are, man, you just shut that thing off. Most of the time, things that we feel like are really big in our life, they're not that big and they're not that real. They're just blown up because we've listened too much other things instead of listening to the Word of God. You've got to find time in your day the way you find time for anything else. You have to find time. I'm not going to say, you know, like exercise gurus, you know, man, all you've got to do is work out three days a week. It doesn't work with the Word. Give him two minutes. Three minutes. Don't get four. Five. Just give him a few minutes every day. Amazing things will happen. Things will get turned around in your life like you've never seen before. What's not working in you or my life, I go back to there not being any word daily and then there not being the time where I'm able to hear him because he'll take the word I've invested and then he'll speak it to me in the way that I need to hear it. That's why you need God. See, I'm putting the information out there, but I can't lead you. There's only one leader, and that's him. And you say amen. I just want to make this one comment, and then I'm done. Let's say that you did something. Let's say you decided to start a lawn business. I don't know, I'm just picking something out of the hat. Say you decided to start a lawn business. 
and you started the lawn business and it failed. So you tried to do it in a different way and it failed again. Well, I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to make this thing happen. And so you tried it a different way and you bought a bunch more equipment and you hired a few people and then all of a sudden it goes down and you're even more in debt. And then you limp along for a while and finally you come to the place and you go, you know what? I don't think God wanted me to do this. You don't have to fail four or five times at something to figure out that's not what you're supposed to do. You can hear the voice of God. I promise you. I mean, some of the stories we're going to talk about from the Bible, it's like I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, I've read those stories hundreds of times. And I'm thinking, I've never read that story before because of what it's saying right now about hearing the voice of God. You don't have to fail 15 times at something to figure out that's not what God wanted you to do. You can hear his voice the first time or maybe the second time. Or whatever. We don't have to live life just trying to figure out what's right by the circumstances because the circumstances will lead you astray. We can hear his voice the first time, do what he says, and advance and prosper in all that he wants us to. Can you say amen?